Come on, let's give God praise today. Hallelujah. May His favour rest upon us today. Thank you guys so much. Please be seated. Well, we're looking forward to our guest speakers today. I want to introduce you our great friends, Mark and Kathy Ryan. Well, Pastor yeah. Mark has ministered in Birmingham. Mark, do you want to come out a little bit so we can see you? I know many people know you. Pastor Mark has pastored the Birmingham City Church for over 12 years now and now his um, new assignment is at KT, Kensington Temple, London, well-known church there and uh, we want to pray for them. They're going to do an amazing work there. But Mark and Kathy has been great friends of ours for many, many years and I want to say that, that I get so much help and encouragement from him and from Kathy, and we really appreciate you coming today, Mark and Kathy. Oh, it's a so let's welcome them today as yeah. he comes to preach. God bless you, Mark. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, it's just a delight to be with you and those of you here in the building. Isn't it really cool in here and kind of air-conditioned? I know, I know the air conditioning is on, but it's much nicer than being at home, isn't it? Because your house would be hot and here it's just really comfortable, isn't it? Let's make the people on, online really jealous, shall we? It's really great. Oh, you know, I, I could say a lot about uh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Linda, and uh, you know, they know how we feel about them. They're just great people, people who want church to work properly and to build it well, and uh, that's their heart. They really got a heart for the church. But you know what? This morning I was up quite early and uh, just felt like I wanted to say to you as church that God just thinks you've been so faithful. And it's just really pleased with how you've been faithful during this time. Because it has been a tough time for all of us. And, and so I just want to, uh, would you allow me to just pass on the generosity of God to your heart and, and just to say, you're, you're being faithful. You're doing well. Come on. You, you're doing well. Don't give up now. Yeah, you know, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And those of you who are watching online, you're doing well. We're, we're doing well. And, and so I just want to just encourage you this morning. You've been so faithful. We've got a, a, a kind of series going on in the book of Acts. So today, I'm just going to preach on the whole book. Is that all right? So settle in. But that doesn't mean in length. I'm going to speak today on the hinges that open the door of progress. The hinges that open the door of progress for you. And, and um, sometimes we just think that there's so much out of our control, particularly in this type of season, isn't it? That, um, but there are things that we can do, attitudes and actions that can make things happen. But I don't know about you, but there are sometimes I think that a lot of my life has been out of my control. I didn't choose where I was born. I mean, who wants to be born in Stoke-on-Trent? I don't know. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose my name, Mark. You know, I, I didn't choose that. I, I didn't choose that, that Kathy was already going to the church that I went to and then we met and fell in love and it was so romantic. And it was, I didn't choose that. You know, Kathy was just there already. She didn't need me to get saved. I didn't have any control over the penalty kicks last week. It seems such a long time ago, wasn't it? You know, I, I don't know about you, but I was, you know, I was thinking, go on, score, score, score. Oh, no, he's at the post. Oh, never mind. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, all the stuff that happened afterwards was a disgrace. But I didn't get any control over that. Don't you, don't you feel sometimes that your life, there's so much that you can't control? 
And I think it's true of all of us that we think that there's a lot out of control. And, and we carry that over subtly into our relationship with God. That we kind of think, well, God will do what he does and, and we'll just flow with him and, and we'll, just, we'll just kind of bob along as much as possible. We'll, we'll do the basics well. But really, can we get a bit deeper and say, how can I affect progress? How can I make a little bit of a change? You've been looking at the book of Acts uh, over the summer. And when we look at the book of Acts, I want you to notice the name Acts. Not just intentions, but Acts. So some people even tried to call the book the, you know, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, as if we've got no Acts to join in. It's all about the Holy Spirit. But actually, it's the Acts of what God is doing and the Acts of what we can do as well. We imagine that God just does what he does, but you know, there's a mixture of attitudes and actions that we can do that kind of turn things in our lives. If you have an overview of the book of Acts, there are six kind of progress reports. And I'm going to take you through those six verses. They're very similar. And each of these verses kind of take a pause and say something like, oh, the church is being strengthened and it's growing. But you have to kind of look what's around those verses and it gives you a clue why the writer, Luke, wants to tell you that progress is happening. There are some hinges that open the door of progress in your life. If you will say, you know what, I'm going to change my attitude with that or I'm going to make an action in that. It's like a hinge on a door that opens and you can step through it. And, and actually, I just want to take you briefly through that. Francis of Assisi put it this way. He said, start by doing what's necessary and soon you will do what's possible and then you'll move to the impossible. You know, there are some small actions and some small attitudes that you can pick up, even today, that are just, it's just necessary. I've just got to do this. Like, show up. Like, log in. Tune in. And once you start with the necessary, then you'll do what's possible, and suddenly you'll be doing the impossible. Small actions and attitudes that really change things. Now, when it says in these verses I'm going to share with you that the church is strengthened repeatedly, really, we've got to understand how God strengthens us. There are three ways that he strengthens us. First of all, have you ever just been exhausted in life and, and, and things are just not working for you and you just cry out to God like the psalmist, you know, he lifted me out of the miry clay. One way that God strengthens you is you just ask for it and he downloads it. And that's the, the way that we think happens all the time. Another way that God strengthens you, though, is he puts you into training so that you build up your strength bit by bit. And sometimes we are always asking God, just download this strength, but actually we need to get into training so we build up strength bit by bit by bit by bit. I know, are you allowed to say amen from behind your mask? 
Somebody say amen, even in the cheap seats up at the top there. But you know, well done, thanks. But you know, another way that God strengthens you is you change your mind on something or you change your attitude on something and you do a little action and strength comes flooding in. Sometimes you've got no strength, you just ask for it and God just strengthens you. Sometimes you have to train over some weeks and months and strength builds up. But other times, God gives you strength by you going, I never thought of that before, I'm going to do that. And you get a whole wind of strength coming to you. And today, I'm just wondering whether or not you can pick up some different attitudes. You ready to run through the book of Acts with me? Okay, Acts chapter 6, verse 7. If you've got a Bible or a version app or a thing on your phone, turn there. And these verses are very similar, so I'm going to explain around them. Okay, here's, let's put some hinges on your door of progress. Number one, Acts chapter 6, verse 7, it reads like this. So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Who'd have thought that? The priests would even get uh, into Jesus. The church, up to this point, first six chapters of Acts, had expanded, there'd been miracles, there'd been strange things happened, people healed, uh, people told, oh, you can't preach Jesus, and they say, yeah, well, but we are preaching Jesus, and it all seems so random, but then just what happens in Acts chapter six is, you know what happens? They get organized. They actually say, we need some deacons. We need some people to help us because this thing's going crazy and we're, we're getting distracted. And so the first thing that happens is that they get organized and appoint some teams. Here's the first hinge of progress or another level of progress can come to your life when you accept your ministry responsibility. Did you know that you have got a ministry responsibility? And you wouldn't have thought it, but the first progress report in the book of Acts, because there's a little word there, it says, so the word of God spread. Because of what's just happened, the word of God spread. What's just happened? We've appointed some deacons. After all the miracles and all the exciting stuff, the boring thing about getting organized means that the church begins to increase and grow. Well, it actually makes sense because another level of progress comes to your life completely when somebody says, you do that ministry, I'll do this ministry, let's celebrate your gifts, I'll celebrate my gifts, let's work together. A little thing that could really change how God's moving in your life is if you simply say, I can do that, you do that, let's celebrate each other, and your progress goes up as a person and actually the influence of the church grows. So you were expecting me to say something really exciting, but I actually am saying something really exciting right now. Join a team. Email in and say, let me be a deacon. I don't mean a position. I mean a jo joining a ministry responsibility. Just join a team. And let me just say to you, I'm going to tie this in to the end of my message. Even if that's pastor, 
How can I be one of your prayer people? How can I do that? Every single one of us joining something. Okay, run with me uh, along in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Another progress report. Acts chapter 9, verse 31 says this. The church throughout Judea, um, Judea, Galilee, uh, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is one of my favorite verses. Strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Strengthened, encouraged, increasing. Isn't that great? Strengthened, encouraged, living in the fear of the Lord and increasing. What a great progress report. What's just happened before? Just before this time, Somebody who persecuted them, who they didn't want to let in amongst their midst, they decided we're going to give him a chance. And of course, I'm talking about Paul. And for the first time, somebody who they really weren't sure of was finally accepted. I want to say to you, another level of progress comes to your life and you can put a hinge on the door of progress when you allow people who you don't expect into your life. Now, we know there are toxic people. We know that you can't just let everybody in your life. Here's the way you can tell if somebody's toxic in your life. Fruit and direction. If when somebody's in your life and the fruit is just bad, you just, you know, you just don't get anything good out of it and the direction they're taking you is the wrong direction for you, that equals toxic. But here with Paul, he was, he'd had his conversion, they weren't sure of him and they turned it round and said, well, let's look at his life. And they started looking at his preaching. Somebody took him under his wing, under their wing, and they started saying, well, you know, we can accept this. I want to ask you something. How people-rich are you? Have you got your set people who you hang around with and there's no room for anybody else? You see, I wonder who God is sending you for you to help or they actually to enrich your life. Progress comes when you open up your heart to some different people and not just the set that you're always with. They accepted Paul and he was really strange. In fact, the word for strength here in the original means like the building of a house. It means getting another building block of equipment into their lives. You know, when I first went to Birmingham 12 years ago, on the night before that we had our first service, my daughter rang me and said, oh, Dad, the, the guest speaker at our university house party, they, they've dropped out. Can you step in and, and speak for us? Now, you know, with anybody else, I'd be saying, oh, I've got this thing the next day, but it's my daughter. And it's a bit like, this is a lesson on prayer. You know, your father, he listens to you cry, doesn't he? And so we drove over to this place. We, we hung out with students, which basically means you eat baked potatoes and baked beans. And what is that student food? Anyway, so we, we did that. We, we preached for them. And then as we're going uh, in the evening, you know, my daughter's walking to the car and there's this guy buzzing around me. 
You know, like wanting to carry my Bible and, you know, we're not those sort of people and wanting to help me pack up the car with, well, we had my Bible and Kathy's handbag and he was buzzing around and I was trying to swat him away, you know. And like, it's just really weird. It turns out that he's in love with my daughter and he actually becomes my son-in-law later on. And now he's a fine young man. And he's, like, he's actually the father of my grandchildren. Let me give you a lesson. You never know who is wanting to come into your life that can bless you and enrich you and to make something more for you. Don't close your life off to even different people. Not talking about the toxic ones. I'm saying about the ones that God wants to enrich you with. Are you set for the rest of your life? You know who your crew is? Maybe God's got some more people for you. Come with me to Acts chapter 12, verse 24. And it says this, but the word of God continued to spread and to flourish. The backdrop to Acts chapter 12 is that Peter has just been miraculously let out of prison. James didn't escape and was martyred. Isn't it funny that some people get released and some people, God in his sovereign will, does something different with them. But also the backdrop to this story is that Herod stands up in front of people, doesn't acknowledge God and and he's just struck down dead. And the whole atmosphere of Acts chapter 12 is that, that, that God is sovereign. And right now, in the middle of this pandemic, you need to hear, I need to hear, God, you're still in control. Can I hear an amen from the house? Come on. The things turn in our lives. Things, a hinge of progress is put on the door of progress in our lives. When we actively and consciously say to ourselves, God, you are first, and we realize you're in control. We, we sometimes don't understand what's going on, no matter what though, you are in control. And that's what the church began to discover. They began to see Herod struck dead, Peter released, persecution starting to break out. But nevertheless, the sovereign God is in control and we have to actively do that. You know, in our lives, Kathy and I, we, we have struggled uh, having children and many people have that. In, in their lives, we've lost children, had miscarriages, and you know, and our daughter has, and, and we've been through all the pain of that. And you know, in the pain of all of that, we've always said, God, we're keeping you front and center in our lives. We, we are saying to you that, that no matter, and it's a difficult thing, it, and if you're in that situation, God bless you, I know what you're going through. It, it's a difficult thing. The whole issue of children is a battleground. <laughs> and actually, when you get them, it feels like a battleground as well, doesn't it? Particularly grandchildren. I am so tired sometimes after the grandchildren have been. Is anybody with me? You know, man, I used to be able to do loads of things. Anyway, that's another story, but... 
you know, we, we've had twists and turns. You know, my daughter, you know, she was preaching last week about God no matter what. And, and uh, she told this story of, of, of her journey. Um, and she, she was saying that, you know, they, they struggled having some children. But, but all the time, just saying, well, God, you're in control. And I just feel today, I just... I just feel that some people are going through a very difficult time and you need to actively say, okay, God, you're still in control, even though it doesn't feel like it. Me and Kathy, we, we were on Harborn High Street, and if you know Birmingham, that's a really posh place in, in Birmingham. We were on Harborn High Street and our daughter called us and, and we, it was a moment when we thought, a really strange moment that we thought she was going to lose the children. Well, we thought there was only one. And she called us and said, no, the doctor says I'm having twins. And on Harbour High Street, I went, yes, come on, we just scored a goal. You have to say, God, this is tough. I know some of you are hurting, but you've got to keep him front and centre. And that's what was happening here in the book of Acts chapter 12. God, we, we don't know why Peter's in prison, but you got him out. We don't know why James died. Herod's just been struck down. God, you're in control. Come with me to Acts chapter 16. These verses are very similar. You know, actually, the word for strengthened in, in Acts chapter 12 means that, or the word for flourish means that God's word strengthens you inside and out. And that's what you need. You need a strengthening on the inside. Acts chapter 16 verse 5 says this. Here's another little progress report. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew in daily numbers. And the background to this, and again, it, you see the word so connects you to some of the stories that have gone before. It said this is why it's growing. And one of the, one of the, the, the kind of backdrop stories is, is that at, at this point the church was receiving lots of different people. And that's why I love this multicultural church. You, are, you should always value your multicultural church because God's heart is to flood the nations in together. It's a, it's a kind of prophetic symbol of what he's saying to the earth. When nations are getting more internationalism, the church is getting more and more multicultural all over the world. Anyway, so the church is flooding in and, and the Christians thought that you couldn't do without circumcision. And, and so they, they were struggling to accept people who weren't circumcised. And they had a council and they came up with the, with the kind of thought, you know what, this isn't a requirement, it's the, only the cross. So that's the backdrop to why Acts 16 says, so the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. And Paul picks out a, a helper called Timothy and to make his message easier so about you don't have to be circumcised, Timothy is circumcised so that he is accepted by the people who have to hear the message you don't have to be circumcised. What? Yeah. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson that you need to pick up to make a hinge on the door of your progress so that that door will swing open. Your breakthrough comes when you're prepared to see a bigger picture and not just your own situation. That's what Paul and Timothy did. They said, for the sake 
of a bigger picture, we are going to put our personal agenda aside. In fact, the word for strengthened here, where it says the church is strengthened, is the same word where we get our word steroids from. It means they become really solid. And as a person, you can become absolutely solid if you start stepping back and saying, what, what's the big picture about church? How, how can I see it from that person's angle? How can I see it from the pastor's angle? How can I see it from the ordinary person in the pew's angle? How can I see it? How can I see a bigger picture than just how things are hitting me? Because when you see the bigger picture, here's a really key insight. You really need to pick this up. Come on, open up your spiritual ears now because I'm going to speak to you something that's really important. Are you with me? Are you with me? Here's, the, here's an insight. Just after this time is when they had the Macedonian vision come over and help us. Uh, they had a call. And here's the insight. When we're prepared to have an openness to see from a wider perspective, God can then show us a vision from heaven's perspective. Come on, catch this. If you are the sort of person that is only focused on your situation and how it's impacting you and, and what that's doing, then it's hard for God to break in and give you his heavenly insight and wisdom. But because this crew, Paul and his followers, were, were saying, you know what, we're going to lay down our personal agendas for the bigger picture, God could then download a vision of where they needed to go next. Some of the reasons why you're not breaking through in leading and direction in God is because you're not prepared to see a bigger picture than just your own frame. And that's what happened here. When they opened up to that, then they moved on. Come on, run with me. Run with me to Acts chapter 19. We've only got two scriptures left and then we're going to worship together. Today's message is like a buffet bar. You won't like everything, but something is going to be for you. It's going to be a word. You're not going to, you perhaps don't need the first word or the second word or the third scripture, but maybe the next part of the buffet, maybe this is what God wants you to receive today. Are you ready? Acts chapter 19 verse 20 says this, and it's really important you catch the first three words. Acts 19 20 says, in this way, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. In what way? In what way did it grow? And why did it grow in power? What does it mean uh, that, that, that the word of God, why, in which way was it spreading? Well, the background to this uh, verse is that there were some people who tried to cast a demon out and the demon said, well, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but I don't know you, so let me, uh, um, you know, they tried to get the devil out of him and he beat the devil out of them. You know, the, uh, a riot breaks out in the city and uh, they have to, and they burn lots of magic spells and arts. Chaos, it's a riot. It's, it's like complete spiritual battle around Ephesus. And it's a time where the church, for the first time, really confronts 
spiritual dark forces. And the Bible then says, in this way, the word of God grew in power. You go up a level in your progress when you allow and factor into your life that you are in a spiritual battle. We, as a church, right now, this summer, the next few months, we are in a battle, folks. And you have to show up with your spiritual armour and with your prayer heart and say, I am not going to let my church dissipate and not happen. I'm going to fight for it. You, in your life, you have to understand that not every thought that you think is you. Some of the thoughts that are placed in your mind are from the enemy. And he wants to defeat you and tear you apart. When you allow for the fact that you are in a spiritual battle without being spooky, without seeing a demon behind every bush, without seeing a ghost in every other person, without going over the top. But in the same way, when you say, hey, we are in a battle and I need to engage in it. Not just to ignore it. Not just to never pray and say, oh, I'm not praying about church. You need to pray for your church. You need to begin to say, God, the devil is trying to crush us and we need to fight against this in a prayer thing. I have thought my whole thing about this pandemic is, uh, one of the agendas about it is, is a prayer thing for us. We have to pray our way through it. I wonder whether there is a point of conflict in your life that's almost unexplainable and you need prayer backup. That you actually, unless you get people to pray for you and to engage in it on a spiritual way, that actually it's not going to move until you deal with it the way it needs to be dealt with. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but if you're watching online today as well, there are some things in your life that won't move out of your life until you say, I'm praying about this, I'm getting help to pray about this, and I'm engaging with it in a spiritual way. And that's how the Word of God grew. Through riots, through casting out magic spells, through all that dark side that we don't like to talk about. Let's run to the very last verses of the book of Acts. Very last two verses. Acts chapter 28, verses 31 through 32, says this. For the whole two years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. It's a really strange way to end a book. Paul's finally in Rome. He's got his great goal done, but he's under house arrest, but he's witnessing anyway. 
In fact, in verse 23 of chapter 28, it says this, they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even large numbers to the place where he was staying. And he witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets as he was trying to persuade them about Jesus. You know, one way that you can open a door of progress in your life is if you will regularly share the gospel as a habit in your life. As something that isn't just now and again, but regularly that you say, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. As a routine. Not just as a a one-off now and again. And sometimes, you know, when we're going through stuff, and we all go through stuff, we all have seasons, don't we, where things are tough. And, And sometimes what happens is when things are tough in our lives, we stop witnessing And we almost think, well, when I get out of this, then I'll I'll start witnessing. But do you know that people are watching you all the time and sometimes it's how you go through stuff that's the greatest witness. And so I want to say to you, there are six progress reports in the book of Acts. The first one, they just get organised. The second one is they start accepting people who are a bit strange. And then as you go through it, they, you know, they, they engage in a spiritual battle. They see a bigger picture. But here, Paul just says, hey, I may be under house arrest, but I am still going to share the gospel. Can I just say, have you felt like you're under house arrest this last 18 months? Have you felt like, I can't go where I want, I can, you know, I can't go where I want to go? Then welcome to Paul's life. And he said, I don't care. I'm going to share the gospel. Everybody, get your phone out. Have you got your phone on you? If you haven't got your phone on you, what's wrong with you? How are you surviving without your phone? Everybody, get your phone out. Just get your phone out right now. Every single one of you. Pastor Jason's got his phone out. In fact, he's been looking at Facebook during my message. Just get your phone out. And then with one of your contacts, I want you to text them right now this. I put it on my Facebook status actually. God loves you and he cares about everything you are going through. Just while I'm finishing up, just God loves you and he cares about everything you're going through. And you might send that to maybe a non-Christian relative or you might send that to another Christian, but you got to just begin to share the love of God. You might want to think, who can I send that to? And if you're watching online at home, why don't you just right now text somebody that simple healing sentence that says God loves you and cares about everything you're going through. Because when you make simple witnessing a part of your life, 
A hinge is put on a door and the door of progress opens and you begin to walk through it. You see, if you want to progress today, you might want to join a ministry team. If you want to progress today, you might want to accept somebody who who you haven't accepted before. If you want to progress today, you might have to just say, God, it doesn't feel like you're in control, but I now just front and centre in my life say you're in control. If you want to progress today, you might want to see a bigger picture than just the agendas in your life. If you want to progress today, why don't you get some prayer back up? Why don't you say to yourself, I'm going to engage in, a, in things in a spiritual way. If you want to progress today, could you just send a text to somebody and say, God loves you and whatever you're going through, he cares about it. And let's see what comes back. Because here's the thing. Christianity is a mix of developing the right attitudes. It's a mixture of that because without the right attitudes, you probably won't act out the right things. But actually, it is a set of small actions too, large actions times. You see, Everybody has been saying to me, Mark, it's so exciting about you going to Kensington Temple. And I'm really looking forward to it. But it wasn't going to happen unless I said, yes, I'll do that. It was always going to stay as a, wow, that would be good sometimes if I hadn't said, yes, I'll do it. Will you stand with us, please? I wonder what your small action is today that you need to say, yes, I'll do it. We've been looking at the book of Acts. What is your next act? I hope I've not spoken too long. I I didn't even see the time. And I hope you're okay. But would you just lift your hand with me right now and just say, God, whatever you want me to do next, whatever my next act is, whatever the next little attitude change, then strength can pour into my life. Whatever the next person you want to give me in my life, Lord, then strength can come. I am open right now. I want to act. Holy Spirit. Oh, you know, if we were in normal times, I'd get you all forward and lay hands on you and say, do it. But just step out now in your spirit and say, I want to act. Stop allowing this pandemic to think I can't do anything. If you're under house arrest, text people, invite people, but act. I've loved being with you today even though you're not saying amen much because you're not allowed or whatever, I don't really know what the rules are. 
But what I'm saying to you, I can just feel your warmth. You are a lovely church. And I want to come back to what I said right at the start. I believe God wants to say to you, well done, church. You've been faithful. Don't give up now. He's yet got great plans for you in Northampton. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Bless you guys. Come on, let's give him more praise.